in in ministry. What is ministry? How many of y'all, I know for me, for a while, recently, ministry was these four walls. Right? Bible study, life groups, music, sound, children's. When we think ministry, we think this. Right? How many of y'all know that's not God's perspective of ministry? If Jesus was here today, where would he be? How many of y'all think he would be here this morning? Sitting in one of these rows. Where would he be Wednesday night? Where would he be during a Bible study or something? He wouldn't be in church. Y'all know that, right? You know, when you read the Bible, there's portions in the Bible where um, the, the disciples are standing with the Pharisees and Sadducees, and they're like, look at your teacher over there eating with uh, prostitutes and tax collectors. And they were angry at him. You know why they were angry at him? Because he wasn't eating with them. He wasn't spending time with them. The Bible says he's come for who? The sick. You know, recently, you know, for me, as a pastor, I've struggled with remembering where I came from. Because see, what happens is when I forget where I came from, it's really easy to start pointing fingers at other people. Forget that I was a dope addict. Forget that I ran the streets. Forget that I had gold teeth. Forget that I had dreads. Forget that people would not, listen, they wouldn't walk on the same side of the sidewalk they would walk with me. They'd walk on the opposite side, but let alone they would never leave their children with me. Now I'm pastor of student ministries at Covenant Church, and I get 110 kids every weekend dropped off to me. I get teenagers in, in, in the 20s and 40s and 50s brought to me that I take away for weekends. And see, when, when it's going good, we really forget what? Where we came from. So God brought me to a, a, a really simple scripture. And it's John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How many of y'all have heard that? in the church in some form or fashion, right? It's kind of go-to scripture, right? Well, God showed me something in that scripture. It said, for God so what? Who did he love? It doesn't say God loved the believers. It doesn't say God loved the Christian. It doesn't say God loved the ministry leaders. It said God loved the what? Listen, how many of y'all have or been around teenagers, right? And I'm just using teenagers because I love to use them. They're awesome, right? How do you know when a teenager likes another teenager or loves another teenager? There's a, what are some signs? Okay, maybe I'm the only one around them, right? You ever notice, like, notebooks from school, right? You know who they like because they got the heart on there, right? Or they're writing the name, right? Nowadays, you just get their Snapchat, Facebook, right? See who they've been following, right? For guys, it's real simple. Listen, at my youth group, these dudes will be playing basketball all night. We got a basketball court out there. Listen, I'm dunking on the three-foot rim. I ain't going to lie, okay? <laughs> I'm sick, okay? What I do is I pay my son, ready? When I'm driving in on the basket, right, he's lowering it. I'm like, ah! Just, then when I back up, he's putting it back up. You know what I mean? 
all of a sudden, when that one youth boy comes in, they're usually coming in in like, you know, like and one shorts and all that. And all of a sudden, he coming in like pressed jeans, nice shirt, three, 30 ounces of cologne. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what the? What you, oh, 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 Lord. Right? Now, the one girl he used to mess with, he's bringing out like a golden plate and putting the pizza on it like here. You know what I mean? She go to sit down, he wiping off the chair. How many of y'all know we treat people we love differently than people we like or people we don't like? How many people, listen, I got four kids. I say it all the time. You better thank the Lord I love you. It would be a murder homicide right now. You know what I'm saying? Victor Gant would be pulling me out of my house. I'm telling you. Listen, I'm close to killing them. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I, I, they, they, how many of y'all, listen, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to rant on this one, okay? How many of y'all ever had like a two or five-year-old? The only time they got an emergency when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you can't even hide in the bathroom with the lights off. I try it. All of a sudden you see that hand coming underneath the door. You're like, get up. <laughs> Thank God I love you. I was in a public restroom one time. I saw this little feet come in. I'm like, oh, no. My five-year-old drops on the back like he's going underneath the car, pushes himself under like, Dad, can I get a popsicle? <laughs> you better thank God I love you, son. Right? We treat people we love way different than anybody else. Listen to what God says. So God so what? Love. Loved. Who? That means he loved people that would slander his name, that would spit in his face, that would try to destroy his reputation. He loved them. And I know a lot of times we, we hear that and we're like, oh, okay, that's good. I'm not God. No, you're not. But if you understand what Christ said before he left, he gave us the Great Commission. You know what the Great Commission says? It says, then Jesus came to them and said, this is in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What does it say? Sit and wait for them to come to church? Because a lot of times the people we're going to minister to or that we're going to put time into, energy into, love into that are not fully there yet are only the people that come through our doors that are making the effort. See, Christ took care of that. He said what? Go. How many of y'all ever told a child to go? Anybody? I guess I'm, I'm the only disgruntled parent in here, okay? And now I'm on TV, so I know DCF coming to my house, okay? <laughs> Greg, you gonna let you got a nice little spot for me up in there? Thank you. All right. When I tell my child to go, right? I listen. How many of y'all ever told a child to go and they're like, <sighs> right? Like you've seen them walk faster than that, right? So at first, just go. Then it's, go! Fast! Right? That's what Christ is saying. He's saying, go into all nations. How many of y'all know, 
all nations, you're going to meet somebody you don't like. Man, how many of y'all know you're going to walk into church and meet someone you don't like? See, God has not called us to like everybody. He has called us to love everybody. What's the difference? There's a big difference. Okay? You ready? I love Thad and Jerry. Love them a lot. I like Jerry. <laughs> what does that mean, Pastor? Very easily. I'm going to pray for both of them. I'm going to help both of them, move for both of them. If, they're, if, if they need anything, I'm going to always be there for both of them. But when it's wing night and we go into Buffalo Wild Wings, Jerry getting a phone call. That phone just going to be on silent. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Thad. You pick up the bill. So you might just get that phone call. But right, listen, I say this, like, I got to love everybody. That means I'm going to serve everybody. I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to help everybody. Why? Because that's what God's called me to do. But I don't have to like everybody. That means not everybody's coming to wing night. You get what I'm trying to say? You don't have to like everybody. But we do have to love everybody. See, what we got to understand is when we're coming into ministry, we have to remember where we came from. Because when we forget where we came from, we start to judge other people. We start to pick and choose who we're going to minister to. See, what happens is, is this, right? I know some people are like, well, I was raised in, raised in the church. Well, listen, there was a time where you were not liked. Well, I don't know. No, you were a teenager. How many of y'all know teenagers have, listen, the, listen, they got all the world problems fixed already. They are not the issue. Everybody else is, right? Well, that verse was not written for me, right? There might be, no, that is every teenager. And you got to understand that at some point in your walk, if you are saved, you could sit there and look at it and see that one Christian that met you where? Right where you were. Recently, um, as a pastor of student ministries, there's a, a young man that was brought to me. Um, he's from Baton Rouge, like a project in Baton Rouge, and he's been kicked out of numerous group homes, and, and uh, he finally got with us in Forrester Patterns. Well, when he was dropped off to my youth group, he had headphones in, definitely blaring some secular hip-hop, had his hood on, wouldn't even look me in my eyes. Completely disrespectful. I told the parents to leave, leave him on the couch. I got him. Like, hey, Pastor, he's, he hasn't smiled or talked to us. I said, I got him. Listen, just leave him. They left. I went and I sat down with them. And I got, I mean, I got Christian hip-hop playing. I sat down with them. I said, yo, listen, you ain't got to do anything here you don't want to do. You can sit here and listen to your music. You can go in my office. You can watch TV in my office. You can go sit in my whip. Whatever you want to do, bro, you just chill. Or I saw that $7 you put in your pocket. I'll go work you on that ping pong table, put seven on it. Oh, yeah, what? Word, huh? You know? Why? Okay, let's go. Let's go. I'm a beast. Listen, I wiped that boy clean. And I took my $7. Then he's like, yo, you want to go shoot pool? I'm like, yeah, you heard me? So we went over there. Work. Now he owed me $7. All right? Then he saw the foosball table. I said, don't do it, bro. Then we went outside. Now his headphones are out. He's laughing. Me and him are, listen, we are smack talking the whole time. So he gets on my team. We lose. 
I said, bro, I thought you could dunk. He said, I ain't never said I could dunk. I said, you never said you couldn't. <laughs> so now any, I said, I'm going to your hood in Baton Rouge because you're all soft. <laughs> right? Well, then he goes, he goes, when can I see you again? Well, first, he went and listened to the message. The whole time I gave him the message, his, his headphones were out. I told my, my team, do not mess with him when he puts them in. Leave him alone. He came up to me and goes, man, I thought this was for foster kids. I said, no, nah, this is church. This is youth. What are you then? I said, I'm a pastor. Ain't no way you a pastor. <laughs> Give me my $7 back. I said, no, nah, bro. No. Nah. Right? But then I said, I have a Bible study on Wednesday night. Guess who showed up Wednesday night? He did. Guess what? Listen, his caseworkers drug tested him because they've never seen him so happy. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. The dude came in angry because he got a tutor. I'm like, why are you angry? Because they think I'm stupid. I said, why? Because they gave you a tutor? No, they want to They want to pour into you, man. They want to see you better than what you were. Now that he's high-fiving his tutor. But do you know why he is coming back regularly to Bible studies, to youth group, begging to go to church? Love. He wasn't rejected. He did everything he possibly could in his bag of tricks to have me reject him. And it was the complete opposite. This dude wears his pants up now. He is talking about wanting to go to college. He wants to stay in this home to go to school here. But you know what hurt me? He said, the, the church is where I live. They would have never let me in the church. They've, they've told us to stay away. And I started to think, how many churches here would have the same reaction when he came in and said, you need to leave? Because he won't take his hood off or won't take out his headphones. And that's not what God told us to do. See, what happens is here, y'all ready? When God's called us to do something in ministry, right? The reason we don't do it is because we become picky and choosy on who we want to minister to. Or we just don't want to minister to him. And when we do that, what we end up doing is cutting God's blessings off from him being able to bless us. Do you understand when God puts it on your heart to help somebody and you help them, there's a blessing in store for you. It's biblical. Listen to this. This is, and um, let me get to John 5, 3 through 7, it says this. A, at this time, there's a sick man by a pool. An angel comes down, stir up the water. Anybody that gets in the water first gets healed. It says this. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been there invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Remember that. Sir, he replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. You know, when I read that, and I first of all I hear, do you want to get well? When somebody wants something, you're not asking them, do you want? You know when somebody wants something, right? How do you know? Their actions. Their actions are showing they what? They, how do you know someone wants to get better at basketball? They're practicing. They're out there shooting. They're playing all the time. If you hear someone that wants to play, the only person you're asking that is the person that's playing NBA 2K on the TV all day. And then you're bringing me in to work them. Because I'm, I'm a beast, y'all. You got money. Let's do it after this, okay? I'll take you all out. I play with the heat, okay? But he says, do you want to get well? 
And then the next thing I noticed was this. You ready? His excuse, well, someone always goes down ahead of me. And God said to me, do you want your blessing? Well, you know, you know, God, I do, but you don't know that person. No, God, I want my blessing, but you don't know what they say about me. And see, a lot of the times when we're spiritually sick, because we're not doing what God's calling us to do, and we have these excuses, right? It's, it's funny that if we truly wanted it, what, is it, what are we not willing to do when we truly want something? Listen, I could have no legs, no arms, and if I knew I could get legs and arms, if I got in the pool first, I'm using my teeth, I'm pimp-slapping people with my head, you know what I mean? I'm getting in that water. Because I'm tired of walking around like this. You know what I'm saying? I, listen, I would use, I would, it would, there wouldn't be anything I wouldn't want to do. So this shows me that man for 38 years, he just didn't want it. He wanted just to say all the excuses. See, a lot of times God calls you to love your neighbor or to help them when you see them out there struggling with groceries or trying to catch their dog, and we sitting there laughing at them, right? Or just turning the blind eye. Why? Well, you don't know what they said about me last week. Are you kidding me? They called the cops on me last week saying my music was too loud. And we make excuses on why we can't help the people that God's calling us to help. It's because we don't want it. Think about if we love, imagine if, listen, if you're single and you see your neighbor and you're like in love with them, what would you be? You'd be out there mowing, weed whacking, edging, <laughs> planting flowers. But if it's that neighbor that always aggravates you and their grass is getting high, we ain't doing that. We complaining, we yelling at them, and yet we praising God in the same, same instance. In Matthew 12 through 15, I want to show you how, how this is how Jesus picked and chose. You all ready? It says 12, 15. I'm just starting here. It says, aware of this, Jesus, at, aware of all the people that were following him. said, aware of this, Jesus withdrew from the place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. You know what kind of killed me about this all word? What killed me is he... Even though Jesus was all man, he was still all God. He knew what every person he healed, he knew where they would be in the end. That means dudes came up with two nubs, and God gave them back hands, knowing they'd be the very hands that would go and hurt people. He healed people that were dying, maybe within a couple of days, that he knew would go out and slander his church. He helped everybody. How many of y'all, if you had the opportunity to heal somebody, because God told you, listen, heal him. But then God said, yeah, you're going to heal him. But 15 years from now, he's going to hit your teenage daughter, drunk driving, and kill her. But I need you to heal him. What are you going to do? See, Christ, he healed them. Because when you read the word of God, it says he healed what? All. You can't tell me the thousand of people that were lining up were all for God. You can't tell me that the, there wasn't 
a couple of them in there that were just in it for themselves. You can't tell me that all the people that came for healing during Christ's ministry, all of them were believers. Because they weren't. How do I know that? Because when I read Luke 4, 40 through, 40 through 41, it says, At sunset, the people brought to Jesus, here's the word again, all who had various kinds of sicknesses. And laying hands on each one, he healed them. It says, moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. Here we go. He healed who? All. How many of y'all have ever seen somebody been like, man, there's a demon inside of that person? None of y'all have seen a two-year-old. My two-year-old has a demon in him. You know how I know at 3 o'clock in the morning, juice! You ain't getting juice, homie, okay? You're about to get the backhand of my, juice, boy! Right? No. Who screams juice at 3 o'clock in the morning? Lord of mercy. He's going to be that one teenager at the club all the time. I got juice! You got something, homie. But listen, how many of y'all, listen, are you ready for this? There are some people that are demon-possessed. I mean, that's, that's biblical. Do you know when someone that is demon-possessed, what are they usually doing? Are they nice? Are they like, oh, it's Jesus, hallelujah. No, they're screaming, they're cursing, they're tearing stuff apart, right? So when I see that Christ is sitting there, how many of y'all have ever seen that one person that you have definitely got, you don't like them, you definitely believe they're demon-possessed, but you're there every day trying to help them? Every day. They're cursing you out. They're spitting on you. They're trying to hurt you. But you are there loving them every day in hopes that God does a work in them. That, that, that ain't me, y'all. I'm usually like, yo, get a, get a straight jacket on and get them away. Get them meds. Load them up. What did he say that God did? He said he cast that demon out of them. See, what God's calling us to do He's not calling us to like everybody. He's calling us to love everybody. And the way we love everybody, it's very simple. We remember where we came from. We remember that there was a time in our life we were unlovable. We remember that there was a time in our life where, guess what? That people didn't want to be around us. And see, what happens is when you do that, it's much easier to minister to people. See, for that young man, when I sat down with him, I saw me. And I remember what I used to do to Christians that came around me. I'd test their Christianity. You know why? Because I've heard about it. Love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, everything they talk about. But are they going to show that same stuff to me? Because I'm going to let you know something. You will never be able to minister to somebody you ready for this? That you don't have a relationship with that person. Because what we do is this, is we demand stuff out of people. How many times have you been demanded to do something and you did it willingly and happily? No, you, you, how many, what if I came up to you and was like, hey, pick that chair up. What would you say? You pick that chair up, right? Hey, man, listen, can you help me out? I really need your help. I need to get that chair over here. Can you help me? Thank you so very, I, I love you. Thank you, right? See, there's a difference. 
See, the love, we have to show love. Love. Love is where it's at. And what love is, is listen, I'm going to love you regardless what you do to me. And what's going to happen is one day, that person will come up to you and be like, listen, every day, I'm in a bad mood. And you come up to me, and you, listen, and you tell me you love me. And I yell at you, and I'm mean to Why do you love me? Because <laughs> God loves me. Amen. See, what happens is, once you get them to start asking questions, every single barrier and wall is down. Once I had that 16-year-old asking me questions, I knew he trusted me. Because you're not going to ask questions from somebody you don't trust. But all of that came from loving the person where he's at. See, God has called us. Think about this. As a church, how, listen, how much of an impact can we make in the community if we were to walk out of here and say, listen, everybody we interact with, we are going to show them love. We don't have to like them, but we will love them. They flip me off, I'm going to wave at them. Like, eh! you're like, hey, love you. Could you imagine? Your neighbor just trashing you all day long, and you walk outside, and you notice that they've they fallen behind on the lawn. Well, they have a hurt ankle, and you go and mow their grass. Like, what does that do? The teenager that that is always harassing you outside and you're always screaming at, you walk outside one day and give them a cup of lemonade. You know what that does? They look at you like you're crazy. And then sooner or later, they're going to open up and say, what's the difference between you and everybody else? And you can say, That's, it's the love of Christ. So I challenge you all this week, challenge myself, that when that difficult person, whether, listen, it could be a family member, your neighbor, someone, someone that you just meet for the first time, when they rub you the wrong way, when you feel like, man, I do not like this person, that you go out of your way to show them love, forgiveness, grace, and passion. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, You know, sometimes it's hard to show love because we, we, we don't have that personal relationship with Christ. We hear it talking about it all the time. We, 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 we hear about it all the time, but we've never stepped out and said, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. In the Bible, it says this, that if you believe in your heart and confess in your mouth, you will be saved. And I believe when something internally happened, we have an ex an external movement. So I'm going to ask you here in a couple of minutes, if there's anybody in here who has not made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you in a, in, in a few seconds on the count of three to raise your hand. I'm not going to bring you up here. I'm not going to make a spectacle out of it. This is between you and God. You're saying, today I'm making Christ the Lord of my life. Today I'm making Heaven, my eternal destination. God loves you.